0: The Gospel for this third Sunday in Advent comes from the Gospel of John chapter 1, beginning at verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked John, Why then are you baptizing, if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our creator, and from our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, who meets us in the wilderness. Amen. Most years, this is about the time in December when my household starts thinking about our annual trip to eastern Washington. That's where much of my husband's family lives, and every Christmas day morning we get up, open some gifts, have some breakfast, pack the car, and hit the road. We always aim to leave at 9 a.m., and we always pull out of the driveway at the crack of about 11.15. It's close enough. We've made this drive many times, through the traffic on 405, lighter than usual on Christmas Day, and on to I-90, through the edges of Issaquah and up into the pass, watching as the sides of the road start to show signs of that dirty, sandy snow piles left by plows, and the temperature begins to drop up into North Bend, and one last check to make sure nobody needs to use the bathroom, and then into the pass until, finally, they come back down the other side and enter an utterly different landscape. Trees are, if not gone, then much further apart. The sky is, if not bigger, much more easily seen. Brown and tan fields replace evergreens, and the land often covered with snow, stretches out wide before us. The difference is drastic. Welcome to the wilderness. Or at least it sometimes feels like wilderness to me, which mostly tells you what a suburban Seattleite I (laughs) actually am. Wilderness carries with it both physical and emotional resonance. It's not just a location, a wide open expanse, but wilderness can also indicate to us a sense of loneliness or isolation or disorientation. Out there, there are fewer landmarks to keep you on a predictable path, fewer shelters to keep you safe. Out in the wilderness, there's less of everything, which leaves more room for wondering if you've landed where you meant to be. This Christmas, our family will not make that journey. In the words of writer Sarah Bessie, who shared her own thoughts about canceling her family's travel plans this year, we are doing our part to bend the curve. I am deeply sad about this. It will be a lonely Christmas. But we could not look our kids in the eyes and tell them that the rules need to be followed by everyone except us. We could not compromise our integrity. Our sadness can't outweigh the collective good. So, we won't be heading into the physical wilderness this year. But instead, it feels like the wilderness has come to us, to all of us. A landscape that is going on and on and on and so much bigger and more disorienting than we could ever have imagined. Not a physical wilderness, but isolation of social distancing and canceled plans and staying at home, the pain of lost jobs and time that we will not get back, the toxic anxiety about the future, and above all, the wilderness of hundreds of thousands of lives, gone. Today, the gospel goes into the wilderness with us and introduces us to John the Baptist. All four Gospels tell us about John and his role in preparing people to meet the Messiah. And although each one describes him a little differently, what they all agree on is this, that you will meet John in the wilderness, out in the middle of nowhere. You will hear his voice crying out to make straight the way of the Lord. You will see him dunking people into the River Jordan and then sending them home completely changed. John encounters both confusion and resistance in his work. The religious leaders who come out to see what on earth he's doing out here in the wilderness are eager to figure out who he is exactly. And they start by trying to fit him into the categories most familiar to them. Are you Elijah? Are you the Messiah? Are you a prophet who's come to usher in the last days? Multiple choice questions. Although I wonder if underneath those questions lies a deeper one. If you're so important, what are you doing all the way out here? Now, John starts by telling his skeptics of all kinds who he's not. I'm not Elijah. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not anybody you can put into an equation you've already written. What John is doing and who he's called to be have a firm foundation In the words of prophets of old who cried out for justice and a true peace. But he is also somebody completely new. A voice in the wilderness called to baptize and prepare the way for one who is yet to come. Maybe John's out in the wilderness because that's where he's found the space and time to understand who he is not. And the wilderness might do the same for us. The wilderness of these days might be an opportunity for us to walk away from harmful things, to examine systems we hadn't seen before, to recognize in our own individual lives and families and communities things that we need to start saying no to. You know, we even build that into our baptismal liturgy, that when we baptize someone, we ask them and their sponsors standing with them, first, a series of questions about renouncing things, saying no. Do you renounce the devil and the forces that defy God and the ways of sin that draw you from God and the powers of the world that rebel against God and they say, I renounce them. Because when we say yes to the ways of God, then we have to say no to other things. No to greed and cruelty and selfishness. No to injustice, both personal and communal. No to the endless race to the top and the idea that we all get what we deserve. No, we know who we are not. Maybe there are things that you've decided it's time to say no to over the past nine months. Maybe this wilderness has been a clarifying time for you. Even if the no's came with pain and difficulty of their own. Or maybe some no's are still forming within you, still making their way to the surface. But either way, John the Baptist is out there standing beside you, ready with the water. Because sometimes the wilderness is a place we learn to say who we are not. It's also true, though, that John is doing more than saying no out there in the wilderness. He's also saying yes. All the way through Advent, we've been accompanied by the people of God saying yes to surprising and disruptive and revolutionary things. Advent starts with Jesus' words about apocalypse, about a God who says yes to turning the world upside down. And then last week, we heard about the gifts of darkness and silence as places where we may well encounter God, where we may finally be able to hear God speak to us. Inviting us into places that we never would have thought God was at work. And now, wilderness. So that's apocalypse and silence and darkness and wilderness, gifts that we might not have sought out or understood as divine. And yet, Advent tells us otherwise. The season teaches us that the end of some things might be exactly where God begins that silence may give us what we need to hear God speak, that darkness might be the womb in which God bears new life. Advent shows up for us in the wilderness and introduces us to a landscape which has stripped away the landmarks, offers us fewer shelters, and contains less of everything, which leaves us more room for wondering if we have landed where we meant to be. I'm guessing that John wondered that on a regular basis. What he was really doing out there. (laughs) Splashing people in water and calling them to repent and then sending them back home and hoping that something had changed. It doesn't seem like much. The small, strange thing that he does. This life he said yes to. Compared to the vast wilderness, the efforts of one person or one household or one neighborhood or one community hardly feel like anything. Maybe you've wondered that too over the past nine months, or maybe much longer than that. You've wondered if the things you've said yes to make any difference. If the small, strange things you are doing change anything at all. That the wilderness is so much bigger and more vast than we thought, and everything we do in it seems so tiny by comparison. Wearing a mask, staying home, Saying no to gatherings that we miss so much with an ache we can feel it in our bones. Canceling yet another trip. And other things too. Continuing the daily work of anti-racism. Contributing what you can to our neighbors who are hungry or without a safe home to live in. Making it through one more day of parenting without completely losing it. Reinventing your job one more time. Fixing one more technical glitch, casting your one vote, or writing that one letter to a legislator, or making one more choice to disrupt an unjust institution, or saying one more prayer, even if it's just sighs too deep for words, and then getting up one more day and doing it all over again. The wilderness is big and wide and disorienting, and we are small and frail and full of worry. But we are not alone. We have John out there baptizing. We have the apocalypse and darkness and silence. And the audacious promise that our small, strange acts of connection and generosity are actually paving a royal highway preparing the way of our god so what small strange thing will you do this week the wilderness has come to find us that's for sure but so has jesus